Apple presents Meet the Musician at the Apple Store. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome this evening's guest moderator, Chuck Creekmer, CEO of AllHipHop.com, and tonight's guest, LL Cool J. What's up? LL Cool J. Big Chuck, what up? Man, I just, first of all, I got to say this is an honor to, to, to sit here next to you, interview you. It's the second time I've interviewed you, first time in front of an audience. So, man, much love, for real. Much love, man. It's no like question. It's like one of my, my hip-hop heroes here, no doubt. Thank you, man. No doubt. Um, still doing it. So, let's just get right into it, man. You got to, well, first of all, I want to, you know what, we'll talk about the album, but first of all, I just want to commend you on the Kings of the Mic Tour, which was here in New York last night. Thank you, thank Incredible you. Incredible set. Thank with, you, uh, man. Public um, Enemy, De La Soul, but no. And Ice Cube, yeah. yeah. Right now I'm on tour uh, with uh, Public Enemy, Ice Cube, and De La Soul, and uh, we've been going all over the country doing the Kings of the Mic Tour, and uh, basically we're just giving people you know, a full hip-hop experience. DJ Chuck Chill Out has been spinning early. DJ Z Trip is, is on the wheels for me. I love you too, baby. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's a great show. So, um, you know, if you missed it last night, I'm sure a lot of you might have missed it. Try to check us out in another city at another time because the Kings of the Mic Tour is definitely hot. It's real hot. It's crazy. So what made you assemble this all-star team? Furthermore, the variety is crazy. Because, you know, a lot of times when I would bump into people on the street, they would say, oh, L, you know, I grew up with your music, or L, you know, when you gonna do some shows, when you gonna do some concerts? And uh, I just wanted to put a bill together that really fit. Right. Like, you know, I wanted it to make sense. I wanted my fans who grew up with my music, or, and maybe they introduced, you know, their younger nieces or their cousins or maybe some even some young ones to my music. I wanted them to get that full experience of that era and that generation. Yeah. And um, we did it. And it's, it's going extremely well. It's very successful. We've been touring all over the country. And um, shout out to Public Enemy, Ice Cube, De La Soul, and everybody. It's crazy. Okay, Great. no doubt. I saw a few Kangos and gold chains in the audience. Young people, too, by oh, the way. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely all ages. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. My music, it, it, you know, I'm clear that it appeals to everybody, you right. know, because, you know, one thing about the Internet, you know, people have been reintroduced to music from all eras. I mean, if I, if I can like Jimi Hendrix and I can like, you know, some of the people, I like Rick James and Marvin Gaye, then why can't someone who was born in 94 love some LL Cool J. It's no reason why they can't. So, you know, it's all good. We're doing what we're doing. You know what I'm saying? The music is for everybody. The tour is for everybody. It's not exclusive. No one's alienated. You're all included. Come on down. Let's do it. Okay, that's what's up. So, let's talk about this album. Yeah. You know, Authentic, you know, I'm a very, I'm a like, a, I call myself like a quirky artist, you know, um, because sometimes I do albums that have a lot of mass appeal and you know they hit the mark and they're like they make a big splash and then sometimes i do albums that people catch on to later yeah like um like i did an album like walking with the panther many 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 years ago yeah that people didn't really start catching on to until like 10 15 years later i was doing the jewelry and the champagne and you know the big diamonds and the ice and the benzes and at that time they hated me for that y yes and now they celebrate it so right. Authentic is one of those records in the sense that it is not what is going on now, but it is where I think music will ultimately go right. in terms of the collaborations. I have people like 
Eddie Van Halen on the record and Seal on the record and and um, Babyface and Earth, Wind and & Fire and Charlie Wilson and um, I mean, it's just a totally, you know, fits in the tantrums on the record. This is a very different, eclectic type of, of, an, of album and um, it doesn't sound like what's going on right now right. and uh, I think if you really listen to it, you feel the vulnerability in the record. Mm -hmm. I, I did something different for hip hop. I yeah. made more of a vulnerable album. Yeah, that's um, what I was saying. It's almost emo. A little very bit. Very emotive. It, it, yeah, At least that one record, I think the Seal record. The Seal record is, is very vulnerable. Yeah. Um, it, you know, I had read a book that I thought was very interesting called The Untethered Soul. Mm. And it, uh, you know, it definitely motivated me to kind of touch touch the music in a different way. So I decided to make a record that was a little more vulnerable. So right now, people are like, oh, what is this? But they'll catch it. It's okay. crazy. It's crazy. It's really good. It's really good. Like the record I did with Fitz and the Tantrum, I think has a real interesting beat, interesting vibe. And uh, um, I thought Fitz, his voice had that like airy, dreamy kind of quality. Right. And it reminded me of like, you know, back in the days, like Phil Collins and, <laughs> right. you know, like, I can feel it coming. In. You know, those kind of records. So right. I just wanted to make something with that kind of a feel. And that's what we did. Okay. And uh, it feels right to me. It feels right to me. Now, this is your first uh, venture outside of the Def Jam machine, so to speak. How, yeah. you know, with, with these new records and this new sound and these experimental, you know, uh, rhythms that you're working with, how has, um, you know, being on your own as uh, an independent artist affected your, you know, what you do? Well, it's, um, it's more fun creatively mm -hmm. um, because... Like, I'll give you an example. A long time ago when I did the Howard Stern soundtrack, um, I did a song with the Red Hot Chili Peppers uh -huh. called I Make My Own Rules. Mm. Um, but, you know, I was so, quote unquote, hot in the R&B and hip hop world that the powers that be at the label at that time didn't want my name on the record. Right. So this song came out that me and Rick Rubin did called I Make My Own Rules with the Chili Peppers and nobody knew it was me because they didn't want my, my name on the record because they were worried that me being associated with some rock, with a rock act, might affect, you know, how people felt about me in the urban community. Yeah. Which, to me, you know, I've always been a little bit more adventurous. I've never been afraid to try something different. And, and I just want to make music, different kinds of music with different kinds of people and roll the dice and see what happens because that's what art is about. Yeah. You know, it's not always about being a businessman. I mean, there's a place for that. Yeah. But there's also a place for just being an artist. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. And um, that was, a, so now being on my own, I get to experiment and do those kinds of things. Um, but at the same time, you know, a move like Kings of the Mic Tour, they would have totally supported. So, you know, it, it kind of mixes up. You know, you mix it up. You know, it varies. What's well, nothing new. I mean, we were listening to... Um, going back to Cali, and I'm that type of guy in the car, yeah. and those were very exper experimental and very different records for that yeah. period, and different period. Like, we've never heard anything like those records since or before. Yeah, yeah, I was, um, yeah, like, even on going back to Cali, I was, you know, I was like, I don't think so, because I wasn't sure <laughs> if I liked it or not. I'm like, I don't right. think so. Then I'm like, oh, but i like to make that a part of the record. Then right. I started, you know, it was, um, you know, I did a lot of crazy stuff. Like, we had arguments about I Need Love, Mm -hmm. You know, you know, people, oh, you shouldn't do it. This is crazy. Ah, 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 ah. Yeah. I've had, you know, I, you know, that that comes with being at the forefront. 
Yeah. When you're at the forefront of a, of a genre of music and you're kind of paving the way, these things happen. Like I remember doing a show in May and some people may have seen it on the internet where I had to actually explain to the audience what hip hop was. Right. Yeah. <laughs> During the show, like this is what hip hop is. These are the turntables. The DJ is gonna scratch the record now. Right. I had to explain it. Wow. So these things that you take for granted, and that these artists sort of, oh yes, my new album. <laughs> you know, <laughs> believe me. Um, it, it was. It started very. We, we come from humble beginnings, very humble beginnings. In stores with six people. They don't know what rap music is. They never heard of me. Who's the skinny guy with the Kango? You know. And now here we are, so, yeah. You know, let's get into some, some things. The state of hip-hop, as you know, that's one that I've always, you know, with a, with a title like, you know, Authentic Hip-Hop. Yeah, Authentic, You know, yeah. we have to talk about the state of hip-hop. You know, the state of hip-hop, I think, is, um, I think that there's a lot of following that goes on. Mm -hmm. um, I think that the majority, I would say the majority of the major releases sound pretty much the same, you know, um, Radio is pretty much sounds the same. Like, you know, the one, and I'm not saying that it's the worst thing in the world, but what I would say is that one thing I can say about artists that started when I started, when you heard a Rock Him record, you knew it was a Rock Him record. Right. And when you heard an LL record, you knew it was an LL record. Mm -hmm. When you heard a PE record, you knew it was a PE record. Right. Right now, let's keep it real. I, you, for, for me to know whose song it is, I got to look at the radio and see the name that comes up because all the features are always the same. Right, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, such and such is on it, but whose song is this? Oh, this is such and such song. Oh, okay, that makes all the difference. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's the thing that's a little weird. But that being said, there's a lot of talent out there. Um, I don't want to in any way try to discredit, you know, the, the, the young artists that are coming up because they deserve and have the right to express themselves as artists. But I do think that originality is needed and it's missing and you gotta be able to take chances and yeah. risks. Okay. Now that you're, you know, one of the, you know, legends, icons, OGs of the game, I remember some lyrics you had said a few years ago, you know, yeah. and, and at the time I thought they were fly. Okay. Such as, I'm only 19 making more than your pops. Yeah. Now that I'm a dad, that lyric has a different connotation to it. Well, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, well, Pop's got to get his weight up. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no I mean, doubt. So when you hear, well, so when you hear a little, you know, a fly dude, you know, a young guy. Like, it's a lyric on my rhyme, right? Like I said, in my new, my new album, I said, back in the days when Break of Dawn, I said, because my old gym teacher ain't supposed to rap, right? Uh -huh. Right? But see, now on this record, I said my old, they, I used to say my old gym teacher ain't supposed to rap, but now I teach class, put bats on their ass. Wow. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, right. So, <laughs> right. so it's like, you know, we evolve and we grow. You know, the game is, yo, the, the game, you just keep evolving, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that just comes with the territory, right. you know? I mean, so, yeah. yeah, I said that and I'm saying this. Right. Uh, uh, since you mentioned that line, which was uh, directed at MC Hammer, who you squashed that, that situation with, that beef uh -huh. with, might add, um, who, who's your favorite beef that you've vanquished? Uh, oh, the, done, the, the, which yeah. one gave you the most pleasure? You know, oh, that's so funny. Um, because you have this maniacal laugh, Elle, and I'm gonna keep it real. That laugh. No, nah, I laugh. You know, the, the reality is those beefs are very irritating. 
Okay. You know, because those guys got deeply on my nerves okay. to the point where I wanted to make records about them. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, it was all different. You know, I don't, I don't even think about that stuff, man. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, especially now, I don't want to, you know, cats are not, you know, I don't want to put my foot on nobody's neck right now like that, you know. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, but you got pleasure out of vanquishing people's careers, basically. It was, it was, it was, you know, <laughs> I, I enjoyed myself very much. <laughs> Winning is better than losing. Right. Ask so, <laughs> <As> LeBron. Wow. <laughs> Especially when you have that much Yo, hate. Winning is better than Absolutely. losing, baby. Straight up. <laughs> wow. I, I'm, I'm one of those guys. You know? Definitely looking for the other team to win. <laughs> no, I feel you. I ain't mad. I ain't mad. I understand, you know. You know, I totally understand. I wouldn't mind seeing Tim get it, but you know, it is what it is. How did it feel for you when you were getting hate during the public right. enemy KRS-One era and you get on that stage yeah. and you get booed? You know what? It, it, it's, uh, you know, it's, it, it hurts your feelings. You know what I'm saying? And it, it make, But it, it also toughens you up. Right. Because I realized that a lot of that, you know, a lot of it has to do with perception, uh -huh. you know, quite frankly. Um, you know, if I made One More Chance by Notorious B.I.G., if I had those same lyrics in that same song, a lot of guys would have called it a love song and treated it totally different. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, a lot of it has to do with who made the record. Absolutely. See, that's hip-hop is funny like that. Hip-hop is not really about, not only about the song, but it's who made the song. Sometimes who made the song is more important than the song. You got people here that like songs only because somebody made it. Right. If somebody else made it, they'd hate it. Yeah. I mean, the exact You know record. what I'm saying? So I, I realized that, especially coming up, when you're a teenager and you, or you're 22 and you have a female audience and, and that bass is into your music, you're going to have some guys that's, you know, they're going to put some pressure on your records. They're right. not, you know, they're not really cheerleading your records. Absolutely. As much, yeah. you know, at that time. So, you know, I mean, that comes with the territory. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, What's been your greatest obstacle? Um, I mean, you know, you don't survive 30 years in music and film and TV without some, some challenges. The greatest obstacle? Mm -hmm. Not being, not getting bitter, being better. You know, instead of getting bitter, getting better, not getting frustrated, right. not, um, not taking to heart the negative things that people say about you, that's a big challenge for people, you know? Right. Because believe it or not, <laughs> this, is, this is gonna be some, this is kind of funny in a little way, but it just popped in my head. It's like celebrities get bullied by the hate, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, you always hear about no bullying and stop bullying, right? right? But let me tell you something. When you're the trending topic and they eating you alive and pouring acid <laughs> in your eyes, yeah. it's, it's crazy, right, you know what right, I mean? Right. But you can't, you can't take that to heart, you know? So the biggest obstacle is to not get arrogant but at the same time, not people devalue you. Because everyone here is worth something, but you gotta know what you're worth personally as a human being. You Absolutely. know what I'm saying? So that's probably the biggest obstacle. How did you deal with the accidental racist situation? You know, that was a huge yeah. thing, and, and well, specifically on you know, the social media side. Well, it, first of all, I, <laughs> I was shocked that people thought I was saying we should forget about slavery. I was shocked right. by that. Yeah. You know, um, one of the things about hip-hop that has always been important is irony and subtlety mm -hmm. and the subliminal energy 
you know, and things, the, 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 the context of what you're saying. And I thought people would get, you know, what I thought they would take as slick, they, taught, they took as literal. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a double-edged sword, but the reality is, you know, if I say R.I.P. Robert E. Lee, on a Christian side, I'm supposed to say that. Right. And on the flip side of the coin, he's gone. Right, right, right. R.I.P., homie. Right. Got you. Oh, I, I know what you're saying. <laughs> Done deal records. <laughs> right. <laughs> R.I.P., right. it's over. Yeah. But people took it like I wanted to, like, exhume his body and give him a hug and cradle him and brush his face off. Right. Like, I couldn't even believe it. Right. I, I, I couldn't believe it. I was right. in shock. But you... Like, people, knowing where I come from, right? I'm from Queens, New York, born and raised, right? Uh-huh. Knowing my history, listening to my records, listening to the songs, listening to the subject matter, knowing my, who I am and my pedigree, do you really, really honestly think that I was saying I would condone slavery? Like, like, and I just, you know, I'm sitting there like, you know, it made me want to go on a Saturday Night Live and just slap homeboys the taste out of his little mouth and all like, right. Just take them both and put their hands together like two meatballs or something. Because it's like... I can't even believe these guys really think I'm saying this like that. Like, I would never do that. I, yeah. that, would, that would be disrespectful, not only to, not only to, to, to let alone to the African-Americans and our ancestors, but to the whole of America. Because that, was, that whole situation would have tore our country apart from the inside out. So that would be, like, literally ridiculous. Like, ridiculous, ludicrous, absurd for me to go there with that. And that's where they took it. I couldn't believe it. Well, people aren't used to hearing deep messages anymore. You know, it's Yo, it man, works. I, I got to tell you, you know, that was a classic example of, you know, we, we just didn't need the internet for that week. Right. So people <laughs> can make their own decisions. Yeah. You got people, they don't even listen to the record. I know about right. it. I heard. <laughs> yeah. You ain't even listen to the joint. Right. You're just talking. That's true, You ain't too. even hear it. Right. Oh, yeah, I know. I told you. Erica Badu. I told you he was out there, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yo, this is ridiculous right now. Badu calls that group thing. Oh, my God, man. A lot of the stuff I do sometimes, like my new album, Authentic, you really got to take it home and listen to it. Right. Like, you got to think about what I'm saying. You can't, it's not going to be just like, oh, my fingers are snapping and I'm dancing, although there is a place for that kind of music. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy that kind of music, too. But this, this album, the Authentic album, not that particular song, but the Authentic album is very much a record where you gotta listen and vibe and it's a, it's a full body of work. It's not to be cherry picked. There is no single on the album. Like, right. I'm not chasing a single at radio, you know? It's just, it is what it is. Right. You do you know have big I mean? records on there though. They're big records, but I think that it's for people to just listen to. I want people to really hear my album. I want you to check out Authentic and really listen to it and take your time with it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Take your time with it and learn something from it. It delves into the human experience, you know what right. I'm saying? What's your writing writing process? You're, you know, I mean, one of the most heralded writers. Um, you know what? I um, it's I have I have a few different ways I do it. Um, you know, I can you know, just lose my temper and go ridiculous. I can, uh, you know, <laughs> be in freak mode and just right. <laughs> write something really crazy or. You know, but but mostly it just has to come from the heart. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? 
Right. That's the main thing. You know, you want to write from the heart. So all you artists out there, that's the thing you want to do. You want to write from the heart. Whether it's rock, country, whatever you do, you want to write from the heart. You don't want to try to be someone else. I never write trying to be someone else. Mm. That never works. It never pans out. Win, lose, or draw. Be yourself. Be original. Okay. Have you ever thought of retirement? I mean, do these thoughts come into your mind? I mean, you, you dabble with that kind of stuff, but it's silly. I mean, music isn't sports. Right. You, your knees don't start hurting, and all of a sudden you can't rap no more. Right. If anything, you should get better, because I know more. Yeah. Like, like, like yeah. you know, how is me at 19 going to compete with me at now in terms of just this? Right. Like, I mean, the, you know, rap is, a, rhyming is about, rap is about this. Yeah. So, I mean, you should get better. You know, the, the thing, the challenge becomes what people... Because hip-hop is a new genre, mm -hmm. relatively speaking, yeah. people are still under the impression that if you're rapping, you think that like you're trying to be 20 f for your whole life. Yeah. Like, they wildin' with that. Like, <laughs> nobody's trying to be 20. I'm just making hip-hop records, because that's what I love to do. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I'm making it for the people that grew up with me. See, people get a little confused in that regard. They think that if you're not... 19 rapping to 15 year olds then what you're saying has no value or you shouldn't be doing it but that's not true at all i mean it's it's ridiculous to think of that i mean think about somebody like michael jackson think about prince Absolutely. think about the rolling stones think about madonna think about the biggest artists in history that's a good point though but also you know a lot of people don't recognize you know people like yourself yeah. Nas, Jay-Z, yeah. Common, you know, these guys are either late late 30s or in their 40s now. Yeah. And, and public know, enemy, for goodness sake. Yeah. But you know what's interesting about that? You know, the thing that, for me, it's especially difficult because my first record came out in 84. Right. So even though, you know, the guys that you named, a lot of them are my contemporaries in age. True. Their careers are like half as long. Right. In terms of like in dog years, right. you know, yeah. in rap years. Like, so, you know, people like when they see, you know, like one of them walk in a the room, they, they have 15, 17 years of experiences with them. Right. When I walk in, you have twice as many years of experiences. Right. Like there are people in this audience who literally cannot remember a day when LL wasn't famous their right. entire life. So you want to take some questions from the audience? Um, I actually have three questions. The first okay. one is... <laughs> <laughs> the, wow. the first one is, um, who are your musical influences right now? What right. do you think about the music right now also? And my third one is, who was your inspirations um, for the song Mama Said Knock You Out? Okay. Um, like, you know, I like some of what the underground artists are doing. Like, um, you know, some of the stuff that Tyler, the creator, does, I think is, I think is cool. Um, because, you know, he sounds like an MC to me. See, I'm cut from the cloth where I want a rapper to sound like he really can rhyme. And to be honest with you, I would say 96% of the rappers out can't really rap. Um, they're rappers, don't get me wrong, they can rap, but they're not MCs. Like, they don't sound like they rhymed at parties and came up like really rhyming with styles and cadences and flows. They're kind of doing their thing. And it's nothing wrong with that, don't get me wrong, but I like MC MCs, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, Tyler kind of, to me, kind of fits that bill a bit. Um, and then I like, you know, because I, I like guys like Pharrell Munch, you know, and, and you know, you know, G-Rap and, you know, like, 
you know, my favorite rapper would be like Big Daddy Kane. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I, like well, I, I like guys that can rhyme. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want, I want, I want to hear people spitting. I don't really, you know, all that, you know, you know, with the wrists going back and forth and all that. That's just meaningless to me. <laughs> so I, don't, I do that in the gym, like. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, you know what I'm saying? Um, as far as, uh, and then your second question, oh, what I'm enjoying now. Yeah, th those are the artists that I enjoy now. I like, there's a lot of good music out there. There's some good music out there. Um, you know, uh, like I thought Flashing Lights, All of the Lights by Kanye was a good record. That was a good song. I like that record. Um, you know, I'm funny. You know, because I'm, I'm hard on myself and I'm hard on what I hear on the radio. Like, I, you know, I hate most of my music most of the time. And then I like it. Then I hate it. Then I like it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm weird like that. So, um, I'm, and I'm the same with other artists. I'm very, <laughs> I'm very critical, you know, about it. Um, because I want to be impressed. You know what I'm saying? I just want to be impressed. And that's why sometimes I can make music myself that may go over people's heads a little bit. Because I'm so critical and so hypercritical that I'll make something that meets a standard that nobody else is judging music by. So it goes a little too far. You know, and that's why I have all these albums sometimes where people are like, I don't understand, and what's he doing? And they can't really grasp it because it's so intellectual because I've been like overthinking it because I'm like a, you know, I'm like, like a, I got a little like geek thing happening on a, on a sly, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like, it gotta be special, so. And mama said, knock you out, I just, my grandmother just told me to get out there and, and do my thing and go hard, because I was mad about being booed and hated, and she said, go out there and knock them out, you know? Yeah, so, but I'm flawed, yeah. Hi, LL, how are you? How you doing? Good. My name is Grace. Um, Hi, Grace. I'm a singer-songwriter from Brooklyn. Amen. And um, I know for me, one of my concerns is just having um, a career that lasts as yeah. long as you. You've been out since before I've been alive. Wow, yeah, <laughs> I was born amazing. in 88, so. Wow. Um, and I just wanted to know what the secrets were, what, what contributed to your success of having such a long career. First of all, you know what? Let's, let's keep it real. A blessing. Um, little luck, some grace, all those things are needed. Um, don't let anybody fool you. You know, you know, no matter how many muses you got dancing around your house with gold ballet slippers on, at the end of the day, nobody's that much of a genius. Sometimes we just get lucky and hit a lick and things go well for you. Um, and, you know, for me, you know, teaming up with Russell Simmons, teaming up with Leo Cohen, teaming up with Rick Rubin. You know, we just happened to have, we just ended up being like a dream team of sorts because everybody individually still went on to have tremendous amounts of success even after we stopped working with each other directly. So that's just pure blessing and grace and, and luck. Now that being said, you can't get arrogant. Also, in your, in your, in your career as a musician, the tough times, see, see, when artists first start, they go through this do no wrong phase, right? So they have five, seven, eight years where no matter what they make, it's always great, everybody loves it. Yay, you're God's gift of music. Yay, yay, you could do no wrong, right? Then all of a sudden, people get used to you, right? And when people get used to you, then they take your voice for granted. And when they take your voice for granted, now good ain't good enough. 
Because what used to be good enough ain't good enough. Now it has to be great or else it's, it's terrible, right? So what you, what you have to do is you have to be willing, you have to be able to withstand those times, you know? You have to be able to withstand the times when those new artists come out and everybody's talking about them and everybody loves them and you're just like, whatever, and you're blah, 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 blah. You still have to believe in your craft and believe in who you are as an artist and keep moving forward and understand that over time, it will even, the playing field will even again and people will be able to compare you talent for talent. You see what I'm saying? So, you know, that's the thing to me that, that's important. Being able to handle, it's what you do in the valleys that brings you to the peaks, and it's what you do at the peaks that extend the peaks. You know what I'm saying? Hi, Big Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. See? See? I'm Lucy. All right, Lucy. Um, what do you have to say to, like, the, the young MCs trying to come up? My daughter's trying to come up big time. She's got real lyrical skills but you have like these young girls out here who is, it's about flash. She's not about the flash. She's about her music. What, what advice do you have for somebody like that? Well, on the female side, I think Adele said it best. You know, Adele said, I make music for ears, not for eyes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, you know, I thought that was brilliant. Um, you know, I think that you just have to be true to who you are as an artist. You know, see a lot, let me tell you another corny thing that I see. A lot of people try to be weirdos because they think weirdo is cool, weird is cool. So they wear one green sneaker and one blue sneaker and hate it themselves, but they're still doing it because they think people are looking. Like I, see, like I see photos on Instagram and online, like dudes running around in like female pants with the thighs cut in the front, like, like all this weird stuff that they're doing, trying to be noticed, but it's not true. See. What I have on right now, this is just how I dress, right? I'm not gonna come up here, you know, with a, with a Batman and Robin cod piece and a cape on with LL on the back and some aluminum foil Timberlands for you to believe that LL is an artist. You gotta be who you are, is what I'm saying. And I think I would advise your daughter to be who she is. So if, you're a, if, if a woman is a sexual, a sexual person or being and she wants to make sexy music like, then you do that, but you don't have to be that. You be who you are, you know, whatever that is. I mean, you, you can be a Jennifer Hudson or you can be a J-Lo. It's all about whatever you are and as a human being, who you are. And that's how I, I would advise a young artist, just to stay committed in that way, committed to being themselves, you know? Yeah. Hi, my name is Sarah. I wanted to ask you two questions. One is, how do you stay genuine throughout your journey to 2013? You know, hearing you, I want to cry. Oh, I want to wow. break down and cry. Oh, but you know, yeah. um, that part it's of it. It's hard. It's hard. It's harder now and where the world, where, the way the world is going, it's harder to, from, I'm a 92 baby, so it's like how to stay classy, how to stay yourself in your parents, you know, growing up in front of you, you want to stay true to self. So how do you, how do you do that and how? You know what? By, by, by having faith, um, by, like I said a line in a song a long time ago, and I really meant it in the song, Who Do You Love? Lounging. I said, man made the money, money never made the man. Like, I really meant that. Um, so what does that mean? That means that you gotta really be true to who you are, right? So if you're a, 
I'm a dancer. I'm you're a, a dancer. I'm a dancer. So let's let's just look at relationships for a second, right? If you're an artist and you're attracted to someone who's famous and you guys hit it off, that's what I'm going to. Then you guys should be together. If if you're an artist and you're attracted to the person next door that you've been with since you were younger, then you two should be together. Like it's what I what I'm saying is, I, like I I haven't I don't do stunt casting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's what I'm. I'm trying not to do because I like jazz. I like brass bands, and I'm just trying to stay. So genuine. love that. So do that. And Use I, your influences and do that. I understand. It's hard. It's hard to. It's hard to channel that dealing with this oh. one and this one. It's hard. Yeah, but you got to be original. I mean, that's just the way. That's the price of being an artist. Okay. Because you know what? I never wanted to be. I never wanted to be a hack. You know what a hack is? Does anybody here know what a hack is? A writer like a hack? I never wanted to be an artist that went out and said, you know what? Who's the hottest rapper right now? Okay, who are the producers that are working right now? Okay, who's doing well right now? Okay, I'm gonna make an album with those specific people and then I'm gonna talk down to my audience because I don't think you're intelligent to, enough to understand me being myself, so I'm gonna write down to you and be a hack. You could be successful that way you could be very successful that way, but you'll never really make a mark artistically. In 20 or 30 or 40 years from now, nobody's really gonna remember any of those records. You see what I'm saying? So what happens is you have people that have flash in the pan success over and over again, but they're not really making an artistic dent in the universe. You see what I'm saying? They're not really making an artistic dent in people's spirits. They're not making music that people love forever. And that's the thing I never wanted to be. That's why a lot of times my records commercially are hit and miss. Because sometimes where I'm at artistically and taste-wise is right in the zone of the trend of the moment and it blows up. And then other times where I'm at artistically is totally different from what's going on and people don't respond as much. But you know what? I'd rather have that. I'd rather have three people who buy my records all the time than have millions of people who only buy my records once in a while. Because for me, the fulfillment doesn't come from chart positions. For me, the fulfillment comes from knowing that people love what I do. And that's the difference. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I do things the way I do and I'm a little more quirky than the, than the rappers that you're hearing and some of the other artists that do things a little differently from me. And I can't argue about the way they do it, don't get me wrong. If they feel like they need to you know, do it that way, so be it. But I'm just talking about L. I just want you to give you a little insight into my thinking. You know what I mean? Hey LL, what's up? Um, my name is Gail and I've um, been in the industry with you for 28 years. I have a question for you. You did the Grammys a couple years ago. You came out and you blew out the stage, okay? You worked it as though you were back then at 19. What do you feel is the importance and that has added to your longevity as an artist? One. Number two, what can you give to these young people out here? What is a one piece advice you would give for them as a longevity as an artist as well? Um, well, in terms of performing, I think, you know, just as a performer, a lot of you have never seen me live. Um, how many have seen me live? Be honest. A few. Okay. Well, I think that, that what I do live has a lot to do with, you know, why I'm still around. Um, a lot of people 
try to judge you on old school YouTube videos and ra radio rotation, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> Come to the concert, <laughs> see what it's about. See what the artist is truly about. Like, you can't judge Prince on how many times he gets played on Hot 97 in New York. You gotta go see his concert, all right? So don't judge me based on charts and trends. Come see the concert so you can get to know the artist for real. The one piece of advice I would give any up upcoming artist is you absolutely, without a doubt, must believe in what you're doing, be committed to it, and be willing to fall off a cliff to get it. What do I mean by that? When I was 16, <clears throat> um, Russell Simmons and Rick Rubin and myself, we started Def Jam Records. We started Def Jam Records, 1984. My first single came out called I Need a Beat. My grandmother, <laughs> God bless her, something else. Um, I made the song and you know, I was going to school, you know, I was in like ninth grade. I told my grandmother, oh, I got the song, yeah. Don't put all your eggs in one basket, you know. And you, you know, she was wearing me out. So, so I would do shows on Thursdays, Fridays, and sometimes, now I started doing shows on Sundays, I wouldn't make it to school maybe on a Monday. Then I wouldn't make it to school on a Tuesday. Um, don't get me wrong, I'm not advocating that you should drop out of school. But what I'm saying is, ultimately, I was going to school, I wasn't going to school enough for my grandmother's liking. She kicked me out the house. So I basically was sleeping on a train and staying on a train day in and day out on the E train and the F train, sometimes the A, but mostly the E and the F, just to, just to have somewhere with a green bag with my clothes in it, just to kind of figure out what my next move was gonna be. Why? Because I was committed to my music. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I remember being on a train and like, walking up to people like, yo, you heard that record, I Need a Beat? You heard that record, Roxanne, Roxanne? Which one you like better? <laughs> I'm standing there with a cream bag full of clothes, <laughs> doing market research. Um, and, and, <laughs> and, you know, I ended up getting a room in Brooklyn, um, and I lived in, I lived in Brooklyn. Um, I had a room for like $40 a week, um, and that was like literally Killing me. I mean, I was chasing Russell Simmons all over New York trying to get that $40 or something to eat so I could use some money for that, for that room. I mean, crazy. Going to the soul food restaurant around the corner, sweet talking to waitress in the scrambled eggs. Come on, baby. Listen, listen. Work with me. Yeah. You know, I mean, so, you know, but I was committed. You know what I'm saying? And I'm, let me tell you something, when you're in that brownstone in Brooklyn and you share in that bathroom with like 90 people and they all on the different floors, it's nuts. I'm like, yo, the soap is melted into the tub, into the sink, into the thing. I'm listening to Sade records, staring at the ceiling. This is no order. Like, yo, it was bananas. My life was bananas. So, like, let me just say that you gotta be committed. You know what I'm saying? 
Then I went and moved in with my man Cornell. I'm sleeping in his basement on Southside. You know, Lamar Odom's walking around, bouncing a basketball, tall, lanky kid. Tell hey, what up? You know, you know, it's just like I'm in the basement. You turn the lights on, the, the roaches got suicide bomber vests on. They running, they running and rampant, and you know, I'm roaches and oh, I'm listening to new edition records. Girl, I got a secret. See if you can guess. I'm looking at the roaches run out the wall. I mean. I, you know, so, but I was committed. And when I finally came home, when I finally went home to my grandmother and I was able to put some money in her hand and talk and discuss with her buying a house for my mother because I knew my grandmother would never move, things changed. But that came from commitment. So commitment is the biggest thing. You can't be ashamed to look bad for a minute so you can look good for a lifetime. All right. Well, thank you very much for that, man, education. My man. Yeah, Big absolutely. Chuck. Absolutely. LL Cool J. Thank you, y'all. I love you. And like I said, check out the album, Authentic. Get into the music. There's a lot of cool records on there. New Love by Charlie Wilson is great. Something About You featuring Earth, Wind & Fire. And Charlie Wilson is great. Um, just a lot of cool songs on there, and I'm glad you guys stayed for this whole event. And thank you, Apple Store, for having me. Thank you, Apple Podcast. Peace. Authentic, baby.